Dear chess lovers, our guest today is a grandmaster I admire probably the most. Not for his chess strength and being in the top 50 in the world, but for his humbleness, awesomeness and his genuine smile in his soul. He was not born in a chess-centric country, didn't work with the world's best coaches and had limited opportunities to play in international tournaments. Yet, he became a grandmaster at 18 and then, having the potential of becoming a world champion, he decided to become a doctor. Crazy, no? We will find out why. And then he returned to professional chess, crossed 2700 rating and got into top 50 in the world. And all the way, he always been nice and one of the most fantastic guys I have known in my life. Please meet the legend of the Egyptian, Arabic and African chess, Grandmaster Basem Amin. Basem, the other day I was saying, my, say, saying to my teammates that today I'm going to have uh, one of the most fascinating, craziest and the best Chasmut episodes. And he said, why? He said, because I'm having one of the most fascinating, craziest and one of the best grandmasters uh, in the chess world. Thank you very much for accepting the invitation. Wow, thank you. Thanks a lot for... Uh this great uh, introduction and i really hope it will be just as you said you you guess why i am saying you are the most fascinating and craziest grandmaster or you have no clue why i say that no idea why you say that <laughs> ah, okay interesting so we'll get get there um do you remember our first meeting uh well it was quite so long time ago so not sure exactly 2000 what five maybe Four, three, six. Which one do you remember? Which tournament? Well, in Armenia, I guess. Some World Juniors, maybe. Yes, or... so it was World Juniors when you beat me in the totally lost positions. And instead of uh, <laughs> resigning, you beat me badly. I remember very well that. But yeah. that was the first time we met. But the first time I met you, you didn't know who the heck I am. But I uh. knew who you. So let me tell you a story. Okay. So it was 2004 in the Greece World Junior Championship under 16. Yes. So uh, under you were already 16. I was 15. Mm -hmm. And it was my second international tournament at 15. Because mm -hmm. I in Armenia, it was such a tough competition at my yes. age group. Mm -hmm. And you had to be only the first or the second to qualify for European or Junior Championships. So the first time I qualified, I, I was 13. Mm -hmm. uh, and the second time I qualified, I was 15. But at 15, I had another mindset. Instead of playing at my age category, I decided to play Armenian Championship under 18. I told, mm. told to my father, father, I, I'm hating this Armenian championship. There is such a pressure on me. I need to win, win, win. So, but I'm going to play under 18 because father, we are detaching from the results, right? So let's do that. We don't care about results. Let's play under 18, play against stronger opponents and focus on growth. Father said, hmm, okay, approved. And suddenly at 15, I won my first Armenian championship under not 16, but under 18. Wow. So great. I detached from the results. It yeah. was all going great. So I was preparing under world championship under 18. But then my federation came to me and said, no, no, no. 
okay you don't play under 18 you play under 16 because we want medals from you yeah. <laughs> okay you are sponsoring me you are covering the expenses okay good so they sent me to world championship to greece under 16 mm-hmm. i was 15 with my rating 2200 yeah. somewhere and i was number 50 well mm-hmm. I was underrated. I was probably playing about 24 level, maybe. I was underrated. Mm-hmm. But anyway, being number 50, I came there not to play chess. I went there to win at least a medal. Mm-hmm. So the first day, I was walking there to see who are the people I am going to beat. Mm-hmm. So I went to the first number, and the first number was Grandmaster. I was like, what is this? At 16, somebody's already a Grandmaster. And it was David Baramidze from Germany. Uh-huh. Yes. The second the second number was Mamedov Rauf. I remember them very well because what is this? There are two grandmasters in the tournament and I came to win the medal. <laughs> the third number, I also remember who was the third number. It was Maxim Vachier Lagraf. Wow, really? <laughs> the third number, he was about 2,500 already. And mm-hmm. I remember he was sitting there and eating something all the time when he was playing. There was <laughs> lots of food on his table and he was eating. And and like that, I was going through, okay, this is Maxim Vachur. I'm going to beat him to, to get a medal. Okay, this is number four. This is number five. And then I walked, walk, walk, and I came to number nine. I said, mm-hmm. Temple number nine, international master, 2434 or something like that. A guy from Egypt? <laughs> Like, what is Egypt? How is that? <laughs> how from Egypt? In Egypt, there is somebody at 16 is already international master. Who is this guy? I read there, Amin Basem. I said, hmm, that's very strange. So I went to my board. Uh, I won my first game. Then I came. I checked who played how the first boards. And I saw, oh, Amin Basem drew against someone 20, 2100. So he was 300 rating points lower. But like, yeah, this international master from Egypt, it's scam. Come on. Uh, <laughs> then you won the second round. Then you lost the third round against someone underrated. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't care about this guy. I don't need to beat this guy even to get medals. <laughs> I will need to beat the first two numbers, Baramidze and Bamedov Rauf. Mm-hmm. And then you started to win, 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 win. And I remember the last round you were playing against Baramidze. And if you win, you would win the world championship. But you drew yeah, and you were number game. four. Yeah, that's true. This yeah. is... There were many people in the tournaments. I don't remember all of them very well. But I remember Baramidze because he was first number. And I was like, what? He's a grandmaster. I remember yeah. Mamedov Rauf because he was also grandmaster. I remember Ma- Maxim La- Vacher Lagraf because... How much food he has around his table <laughs> and how much he was eating during the game. And the fourth guy I remember it was you, international wow. master at 16 from Egypt. Yeah, back then it was, the... it was you not, do that? not so many. Yeah, how? Yeah, overall at 16, there were not many international masters, but from Egypt, when you didn't have like, because for, for, for yeah. example, there are lots of chess grandmasters in Armenia because we had Tigran Petrosyan, world champion. Course, yeah. We had Levon Aronian and others. So there is that kind of culture in Armenia. Exactly, and yeah. we will have more and more grandmasters in the future. But mm-hmm. how from Egypt, when there was, there was not that infrastructure as it was in Soviet Union or now in the USA, you became, a, first of all, you became an 
feed the monster at 11 true yeah 1999 yeah come on like uh, at 11 you became a feed the monster how okay for for feed the monster i mean it was a bit uh easier i would say for us because we had like as arab championship arab like uh youth uh, tournaments so i won the i became arab champion under 10 and then i was awarded the title so it's not like i got to 2300 okay, so, so i got it like a bit the easy, easier way yeah <laughs> not not to, to you, you skipped the lines to skip the yeah. line yeah you cheated <laughs> a, a you cheated bit, your yes. freedom master title <laughs> yeah okay mm, so but, how did you yeah. become an international master at 16 for international master also i i think i got like end of 2003 or beginning of 2004 uh, I won also African Juniors under 20. Uh, it was, I think, in uh, Libya back then. And uh, I won first place. And then you get also the title immediately. Okay, at least back then. Huh? But okay, also by rating, I was, uh, I think, almost 24 or 23 something. So, I mean, yeah, it was almost there. So not not so much cheating like the FIDA Master title. Uh, and then, okay, like couple of months later i i crossed 24 anyway and the next uh, year you also made your all three grandmaster norms and at yeah, 17 I mean, you already had them and at 18 you got 2006, it so my uh, question is not like technically yeah. what tournaments you played and yeah. how you win i'm like how did you got that level mm. uh being from egypt when there were not many grandmasters there were not really the ecosystem how was your training look like? How how did you make it? Because that was a big question for me then. Like how you can get there without the being without being in a chess country. And mm -hmm. I think it's a question that many of our listeners will ask. Like, how did you grow, grow so fast? Well, okay, we can start like from the beginning a little bit. So yes, yes please. <laughs> uh, please. I started the chess quite young, I would say, like five and a half almost uh when i was five and a half years and um, okay my father taught me the game and he okay he was not a like a chess player he just knew the game and knew how the pieces move and so on and as a kid i was quite you know a bit calm you know not not so noisy kid <laughs> so he thought that chess would be like an um, interesting game for me that suit my character and okay he just taught me the game and I really liked it and was enjoying to play with him, with my grandmother back then and anyone from the family and always wanted to play. And yeah, okay, then it was some story that I was playing with him, like on the couch and then the chessboard fall and, you know, pieces dropped. And then, okay, he said, let's play a new game. I said, no, 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 I remember where the pieces were and I can put it back and then we continue the game. And of course, he was really impressed that, you know, some five years kid do that. That he you can put like, the board and, and without his two rooks. Yeah, you, 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 put, yeah, probably. you took out two of his rooks. <laughs> probably, yeah. Uh, but of course, he couldn't remember, but he tried like to repeat this, like, and try to try to remember where the pieces were and see if I do it correct. And he says that I was doing it correct. Uh, and then he thought, okay, maybe like I have some talent in this game. And then he started to to look for like coaches. Um, so in Egypt, I'm, I'm not from Cairo. Originally, I'm from a city called Tanta, which is uh, between Cairo and Alexandria. It's about 
90 kilometers away from Cairo. And then, okay, we started uh, with coaches from my city, Tanta. And uh, yeah, also back then we didn't know anything that uh, about like chess tournaments. We didn't know that chess tournaments exist. So it was just a, a game that I liked and we knew that I could like just train to get better at. And uh, okay, there was like some... Um, tournaments first in in like in my church in Tanta and uh, I started to play that first time I played I lost like from the first round and uh, of course it was quite disappointing but okay I continued to practice anyway and then the year after when I played I won the tournament so it was very good and uh, yeah just by chance like my dad was reading newspaper he says that there's like the national championship in Cairo uh, like some dates and you can like call the federation to to ask about the details so he called like in the phone uh, yes I, I heard about this tournament what can I how can I participate so they say just come in this day and so on and back then the youngest age group were, was under 12 you so were like 6 I, I was almost 6 yeah 6 and a half or something yeah and then okay I just went and uh, I finished second under 12. And of course, second it was at six. Yes, it was very encouraging, you know, start to, to continue in this uh, in this career. And then, OK, of course, I started to get like more training. Um, now, coaches from Cairo were coming to, to me in, in Tanta. And uh, spent like a couple of days with me to train and then Okay, started to play more like open tournaments, of course. And um, yeah, started to just get in that chess field more. And uh, yeah, first big tournament would be like the Arab Championship in 1999 that I won and got my Master title. Age group or overall? Un under tournament. 10. It was under 10. Uh, under 10. Arab Championship under 10. And then, um, yeah, until 2002, I stopped really having any coaching from Egypt like n no more coaches from Egypt uh, I was working mainly on my own uh, in 2003 I had one month's uh, training with the Grandmaster uh, Edvens Kinges from Latvia mm -hmm. uh, it was very very nice very useful and really great I have great memories from that one month and I would say it really helped me uh, but it was one month after all, yeah, in 2003. And since then, I'm absolutely on my own. So, yeah, hey, just mainly. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> there are many questions I have already. First, let's let's start from the moment that you lost your first game, yeah? Mm -hmm. the, first, the first tournament, first game. Yeah. I also lost my first tournament, my first game uh, when I was six. And I remember I cried very mm -hmm. much. Did you too? Yeah, of course. Okay, I think. Of course. Not not only this one, yeah, but but it, for some years you were still in the crying, you know, zone, which is normal. Why did you say, of course? Yeah, I guess I guess it's normal, yeah. When when we lose as kids, I mean, yeah, you, you are usually very sad, and because you want to win, yeah. I mean, if you really like the game, if you're putting effort to train and to to be better and then you lose it's quite disappointing yeah if you are like 
if you are not training, if you are not doing anything, you are just playing, then it's it's normal, yeah. It's expected to lose. Why you expect to win, yeah? If you are not working, if you are not training, but if you are working and training and then you don't get the result, it's it should be disappointing in a way. Why I asked, like, why did you say, of course? So we will get there. Is that you also now work with kids? And mm-hmm. I was a director at some point of one of the biggest school of Armenia, and one thing I noticed. The kids who cry when they lose are the kids that in the future are becoming champions. Mm-hmm. So if the kid doesn't cry, it, yeah. he, she doesn't take it personally. She doesn't feel like pain there. They are not usually, usually they are not getting champions. So I asked this question to to many people and I found that almost everyone who are now masters and grandmasters, they cried when they are losing. I I had never met anyone who said, no, I didn't cry. So yeah. we everyone took it so personal. And then when you lose, there is some some inside anger, yes, that I'm going to beat this guy. And then you enter to the competitive mode and you train more, win more, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was... Actually, I'm 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 working on my first book where I'm sharing my journey to how I became a grandmaster with all the stories. And when I was nice. writing, I felt it was very important that I lost my first game. Yeah, of course it, it helps. Yeah, I mean to motivate you to work more, and you know I will come back, I will win next time. Uh, having this feeling, I think, is is really important. Okay, you feel like you have to challenge yourself, yeah? Like you have a goal now. Like if you play first tournament and you just keep winning, 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 okay, maybe, okay. It's, it's so easy, yeah, to, to win and then you can relax. But when you lose, then, okay, no, I, I have to work harder now. Well, when did you beat your father? Ah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not really sure, but probably it was... Uh, like after this one year, yeah, like when I started training more and then I started to win and then it was okay because he's not a like professional or he didn't study chess. So I see. It was not so late, I would say. <laughs> my my motiva- motivation motivation was uh my my father what he was doing, uh he was taking all of his pieces from the from the game and keeping just two bishops. And I was playing with all my army. He was playing just with two bishops and beating me. And uh, the the thing was this: if I beat him three times in a row with 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 that material disbalance, mm-hmm. he buys me something. Uh-huh. And also he adds one more piece. So he adds a knight, and now he plays with three pieces against me. So I had this motivation to beat him three times in a row and get something. My last one was this one. I remember if I beat him. When he plays without a rook, just without a rook, so there is already queen, rook, yeah. bishop, knight. It was no, I was so already good, yeah. eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got so good. So it was if I beat him when he takes with his rook, it was uh, table billiard. It's wow. kind of funny game. It was small table billiard yeah. that I can play. I remember it was such a motivation to win him uh, mm-hmm. three in a row and finally get my billiard. Yeah, what was your motivation to? to improving, improving. Was it the anger that you lost? Was it just love for the game? Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm i not really sure, yeah, but I think I just uh, liked the game and uh, I just kept playing. And uh, yeah, of course, when you win, it's nice. You get trophy. You feel like 
the happiness of your family you know they are very happy that you win the support you get and uh, i'll say yeah mainly it was Okay, of course, I was also feeling happy, but feeling like how happy they they were when when I win a tournament or I get a prize or something or some trophy. Uh, I think this was really motivating for me to just try to make them like more happy and uh, also for myself. I was like, okay, I just enjoyed the game. I, I I think for me it was just okay. Six years old kid, I was just doing something I really liked. Um, maybe not thinking too much about the results or not understanding it so much uh but i was just enjoying like playing um and um, yeah just having good time so it was not that much like pressure for me and i was just like like enjoying what i was doing so yeah and okay by uh, time of course and winning more tournaments you, you get more involved you get it more serious of course and uh, yeah you just keep going in that path you started in uh, Bosom, you didn't play at your childhood many international tournaments, yeah? So mainly it was uh, tournaments in, in Egypt, Egypt and yeah, Arab yes. Championships. Exactly. So you had to win some tournaments uh, in your country to play in Arab Championship and then African Championships. Mm -hmm. This is how it was. Yeah, usually. But also back then, I mean, in, in Egypt, there were like, uh, like, okay, for example, we have the Egyptian League. And uh, it consists usually of uh, eight boards and uh, like six adult players and then two like juniors. And it used to be under 16 and under 18 because these wow. were like the, the youngest who we had back then in Egypt. Uh, we didn't really have much uh, young players uh, or much strong young players, I would say. Yeah? And then when I started to play, I was like seven years old almost and i was playing under 16 in the egyptian league mm. and uh, so yeah okay of course we had the like the national championships starting under 12 i told you and uh, yeah then you usually had to win like at least first two in these uh, tournaments to qualify or to play the arab uh, arab championships or uh, african championship also for african it was only under 20 back then like all the young categories only started like few few years earlier now, uh, but in Africa it was like only under twenty, uh, so yeah, it, it was not so easy. But uh, yeah, also when we get rating, we had some like local Egyptian rating back then, and then yeah, okay, you improve your rating, so it indicates of course that like how how strong you are. Okay, you, you had something to play. I understand it. How yeah. were you training? What are the sources you had? Did you have books? Did you what what how looked like your training before getting to that uh, kind of professional level when you became an international master? Yeah, so uh, as I told you, until like 2002, I was having coaches from Egypt. So we were mainly working for working from uh, books. Uh, well, they were like helping, of course, with the books. Which books and, do you remember? Mm, not really, but okay, mainly, of course, some Deforeski books huh? and uh, some, okay, puzzle books. I, I don't remember what. And uh, yeah, and then, okay, when computer started, uh, I, I, of course, it was great help for me. And uh, when did you, sure. when did you have your first computer? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Uh, 
Well, I remember there were like in 2000, 2000 actually, it was Arab Championship under 12 in Emirates. And the first prize was a computer, a PC back then. Yes. Uh, a compact computer, I still remember. And like they announced this the first day of the tournament. And I remember calling my father and telling him, okay, first prize is computer and I'm going to get it. You know, like <laughs> this is a clear goal now. And uh, yeah, in the end, I won the tournament. I won the computer. I was uh, very happy, of course. And uh, yeah, of course, it was uh, nice to, to have it and uh, imp improve and work a lot. And um, yeah, I remember. Like, what were the, the softwares you got first? Uh yeah, I don't really remember. Yeah, but like, did you have Chessbase, Fritz? Probably Fritz. Yeah, I'm not sure Chessbase back then. Uh, Fritz something. Yeah, like one of the very early Fritz, like Fritz three or something. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, quite a long time ago. But uh, did you have video like... games also, sir? Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yes. And some, yeah, some some cars or some stuff like that. Yeah. Why else did you have did you have did you have the games? Because I got my computer first computer when I was, uh, no, twelve. I was twelve. So father bought computer. It, it was very exciting. So suddenly, instead of just informants, instead of your copies of the books, now you have mm. database. You can what? Mm. Watch games, you have Fritz, you can play with it, you can go online and play against others. It was just dream. And then my friend uh, gave me a Need for Speed, some car games. So I started to play it. Uh, I had like mainly chess. I had this Need for Speed game. And also yeah, I had Need some card speed, games. Yeah. <laughs> Need for Speed, yeah. And yeah. also I had some card games and some few games that if you were winning some uh, it was naked girl was coming to the to the screen. This is what I remember. And then I started to cheat. So I was waking up in the morning uh, and saying to my parents that I'm waking up early and before school, I'm going to train chess. But actually, I was improving my need for speed skills. <laughs> and then one day I got caught. Uh, <laughs> and my father said, huh? you don't go to chess anymore. So I... I basically retired from chess for one year and oh. then i came back uh, to mm. chess again okay so coming back you had computer so you had computer you had books at your books or it was just yeah. your coaches who were yeah the, probably like training. coaches were giving me like some books to like to solve uh, positions from or um, yeah like to read and um, yeah i remember like one of my first coaches captain magdi he was like um writing like opening lines in, in a notebook and uh, with his like own hand and writing and uh, I was just like studying it with my father he was like getting the notebook and uh, I just say the move and he reads yeah if, if it's correct he says okay it's correct if something wrong then he says no and uh, you have to to start over yeah and yeah that's how I started like openings back then and uh, yeah, it was quite tough, I would say, before computers, especially for young kids uh, to to work on his own. It's it's not not easy at all. With computers now, it's it's much easier. Also back then, uh, when I started to get like some some program like City Art from Peshka. Uh, it was not Peshka back then, but it was just City Art. Uh, this was puzzles, like, yeah, with yeah, it yeah. was huge 
like improvement for me you just get the position you solve it and uh, i remember like my father used to say like okay i'm going to clinic now by the time i come back you should have solved like 50 city art and uh, 20 in game positions you know and then i have like to sit working all the time until he comes back to, because he checks if i did it or no and and yeah it was it was really helpful uh, to to get these programs uh, also i remember like back then only internet chess club icc was uh, you know the main playing website and it was like a dream for me to get IM title just to get, you know, my free account. Uh, because back then you'd like get account for like yes, you had to pay. two weeks or one month and then you have to pay. And uh, yeah, this is the main reason I want. I was like very happy to get my IM title. Now, finally, I can get my my account and, and play with it like for free for all the time. And yeah, when also back then when like rating was very important then on ICC, it was like huge if you get like okay you know 2700 and 233000 and then 3200 and you play with all the top grandmasters and you get like this in the best list of the website i was usually like playing the standards the standard uh, like longer time control also i was playing a lot of computers back then and it was one of the things that really i'd say helped me in like improving and play solid you know i was playing 50 games a day you know against computers you know losing 48 you know maybe drawing one winning one or something but you just keep you know playing and try to having a hope that you can win a game or draw a game and then uh, you know you still get satisfied yeah when you win this game against a very strong computer so so you recommend your students to play against computers mm, not now actually but uh... I mean, back then there were like still more hope. I mean, to to beat a computer, uh, but now I think computers got much more stronger. Uh, I still think it's very useful to to play maybe some positions. Uh, like let's say if some position you have like a winning position, you can try to win it against computer because they put the like the the, the best the best possible uh, resistance yeah and then you have to play like really good to to convert because many times now okay you know it's it's said that the, the hardest position to win is the winning position yeah and uh, when you get it sometimes in during the game you feel okay i'm gonna win it anyway you know and then you start play like you know carelessly a little bit or just one move could be enough to to spoil your your winning position so playing it against computer you will learn okay just if i play one okay not bad but even not, not so good moves then uh, my advantages are gone yeah so it could be helpful in in many ways yeah why well, ask that because uh usually i i don't recommend people just to play with uh, computers because i noticed that when you play against computer like nowadays yeah against strong computers mm -hmm. you unconsciously start to simplify positions because unconsciously mm. you understand that the computer is calculating very good so your only chance where you will have if you exchange the queens you go to do some end games and on your understanding you try to mm. draw Hold, with, with yeah. the computer mm. and then it gets you a very bad habit to mm. always try to simplify exchange the queens 
And another bad thing I noticed is that you start to hate your openings because whatever openings you play, you, lose, you are yeah. getting crushed, 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 and yeah. then you hate all your openings. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the only only times that I recommend to train with uh, computers is exactly what you said. If you are mm. uh, training specific things, for example, mm. how to win win positions, so you can exactly. take a, take a computer's piece and say, okay, let's me play against computer and try to win this winning game. And another thing I did is when there is an opening position out of the opening and you don't understand mm-hmm. very well, you mm-hmm. play it with the computer, but with the opposite color. Mm-hmm. So you can see what computer, computer does with plays. you with yes. the color yeah. that you will play in the future. Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. the ro- kind of role model games mm-hmm. uh, and then you're like, oh yeah, I got it. I like the position. This is this is the other part. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so you had computer, you had that. And also, uh, did you work on 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 reading classical chess classics? Hmm. or not much yeah so unfortunately like as i told you starting 2003 i was working on my own and uh, mm-hmm. it was mainly on computer i was not so much into reading books and uh, it was mainly like uh, solving like positions from city art and so on and uh, playing online and trying to improve my openings okay not so much <laughs> With the openings, of course, because I play same things for almost 20 years now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was mainly like that, just solving a lot of puzzles. Okay, maybe watching some, or analyzing some games and uh, and playing online, analyzing the games, and, and that's it. And not so much reading of books or classics or, or, or all of that, yeah. So I'm uh, like my... Uh, History, chess history is not that uh, not that good, unfortunately. You know who is the ninth world champion? No, 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 no don't ask. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, I will not ask. So tell me another thing. Mm-hmm. At what age did you know that there are openings? Like when did you when mm-hmm. did you contest to do this word opening? Okay, maybe like. Uh... Yeah, okay. That's a good question, actually. It's been at 10 or something. I started to to know That's more. But no, actually after I, I 10, think... yeah. Because I remember, like, I was playing a tournament in 1998. It was, like, my first Arab championship. It was under 14. I was 10 or 9. I was playing under 14 back then. And uh, I remember E4, C5, Knight F3 something d6 or e6 d4 cd4 knight d4 and that's already the end <laughs> finished I out of book this question. <laughs> yeah. because i think you didn't you 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 never know what is the word opening and maybe you have learned there are other openings i think when you were 28 <laughs> <laughs> almost yeah okay i mean like in, in database uh my first very first games i have in uh, 1997 like in mega database and it was uh, you know still playing king's indian attack which i still play until now same <laughs> same thing yeah same i remember same when same i was same. faced to play against you in the world junior uh, championship the first time i was like oh, okay this is that that passim mean huh? he came to armenia <laughs> i'm going to kick his ass so i entered <laughs> to the database to see and he's like e4 all the games e4 i said okay easy yeah. to prepare he plays only e4 and then i'm checking and I see, like, whatever, it's French, it's C5, it's C6, whatever oh, he plays, D3, <laughs> yeah. closing the position and doing the same thing. Like, 
It's like wh- how how you can be a grandmaster with just playing. Yes, exactly. and, and it's really difficult. Actually, to call it really with, with black, it system. was even much worse. Yeah, <laughs> it was only with Dutch Blacks, back just, then. Yes. Dutch, yes, and and very and bad Dutch you were playing. Exactly, were the playing E6 Dutch, very yes. old version, yes. old version of Dutch. It took some years that you started to play some uh, King's Indian, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was big improvement. You know, like playing King's Indian, you know, which is also considered, you know, not so good. Yeah, but it was for me a huge upgrade, I would say. So, like you always played that Rui Lopez, right? Yeah, against uh, E4, E5. That one was more or less solid, I think. Yeah, I used to play open variation first, but also without knowledge, you know, this is a problem. I I mean, I played, like, but with almost zero knowledge. Like, okay, I used to play a very bad variation back then in in open variation. And, uh, yeah, if someone just could prepare, I mean, you start with a position with almost plus 1.5. I was white. (laughs) And, uh, Um, yeah, but okay, with time, I... A little bit was improving, but not so much. <laughs> after after that world uh, championship that you beat me in the totally lost position, you bad guy. After some years, when you came to Armenia again, we had some Robin close tournament, and I was checking like this guy plays e4 and he plays anyway. The second move d3 and closes the position. What if I play Sicilian? The problem was I never played Sicilian. Uh-huh. And I was like, if I play Sicilian, what and if he it goes open, open positions? Yeah. <laughs> and and what will happen to me? I have no idea. And then I said, like, he anyways, probably he also don't know much about that. So we'll be out of this year. Let's have yeah. fun. But I thought, I thought like, this guy is anyway, I think he's going to close the position. And you really closed. So when mm-hmm. they, you again closed, I was like, oh my God, this guy is going against every rule. Like, yes. learn openings. We were working at our age groups, working on the openings, working on novelties, watching model games. And this guy, even I think till now, yeah, you do, you are expert, the world's expert of Sicilian close position, yeah? Uh, tell me about this. Do you recommend your students this approach or you are saying, guys, don't repeat at home? Yes, exactly. I'm saying don't repeat at home. Uh, like, okay, like in, in my academy now in Egypt, uh, I'm not like recommending like King's Indian attack uh, to any of them. Uh, mainly, I like try to give them, uh, well, let them choose their openings in a way, and then try to give them like the correct material for their level. Uh, but mainly, I'm saying like, okay, you have to take openings seriously, like study it, study many things now because. Like nowadays, you find like all the players playing like e4, d4, c4, knight f3. When you prepare, you know, this even to the very young kids, you know, they you have like they have like 300 games here, 300 games there, you know, in, in every single move. And then, like in e4, let's say against e5, they play everything, you know, Italian, Roy Lopez, Scotch, you know, everything they play, everything and everything. So, I think this is the right approach now because it makes the job of preparation much harder for your opponent. And then, no matter what you play, your opponent will still be like not hundred prepared, not hundred percent prepared. Uh, because now, if your opponent just goes to the game and play, you know, just blitzing out the first twenty moves, it's it's really disappointing, you know, when he keeps, you know, you keep sinking, sinking, and you play a move, and he comes sit at the board, look at you, play a move in one second, and go up again. And oh, when is this gonna end? You know, it's it's really tiring, and it just, you know. Uh, 
even if you are much stronger than your opponent, it just limits the gap. You know, if you are like 26 or 27 and you're playing at 2300 and he keeps playing this, then you are just playing a computer, yeah? So it's very disappointing. And that's why you just try to surprise him, even by playing a bad move, just to make him think. You know, it's just a move that probably the computer didn't, you know, tell him that he Out of exists. the book, yeah. Yeah, just to get him out of the book and he starts thinking, then you get, you know, you are relieved now. Okay, now we're starting to play against a human, you know. But sometimes it's too late. <laughs> sometimes you are already losing, yeah, and or, or like disaster position, yeah. But um, yeah, so I just recommend them to, to study opening seriously. Okay, I say first, study one opening, very good. Know it well, make it your main repertoire. Because okay, you still you still don't have games in database, yeah. So no one is gonna prepare against you. So just know your opening, know it good, and then step by step you start adding more. You know, like okay, you're playing e4, let's say some uh, open Sicilian, yeah. Then you start maybe adding like Rusalim or Moscow or whatever, yeah. And then or in the open Sicilian you playing like some system with Bishop e2, then you start adding like English attack, like just add more things, yeah, step by step. And then okay, you start adding d4 and and so yes, yeah, slowly. So, but most important, I would say, just have one thing, know it good, because you some people just start okay, I will I will study now e4, and uh, they just play some games or study some variations. No, no, no. Now I'll switch to d4, and they just don't do like they don't know they end up like okay they don't have any repertoire like now i have the game i don't know what to play is it e4 or is it d4 but if i play e4 but i have nothing against french i don't know what to play so i will not play e4 d4 but i didn't prepare anything against nemzu so what i'm gonna do you know so just have one full repertoire very good and then start adding to it this i would say is uh, my recommendation to my students yeah it's difficult, yeah, because they they are seeing this role model, Aminibasem, who plays always the same, and they're like, he is not he's not walking yeah. the talk. He did yeah, this but, way and uh... what we are also going to repeat. <laughs> but now I'd say it's, it's much more difficult, yeah, because okay, even back then, I mean, like my systems back then, it was not so easy to refute, you know, or like to to say why is it not so good, because computers were still like not so strong. Also against computers, my systems like I always like I told you I was playing against computers on ICC. All the wins I had was with using King's Indian, either attack or defense. You know, so com even computers were not so so good in evaluating these positions because they all always like the space advantage, and uh, they just give uh, advantage for black. Uh, but you know, with time and computers getting much 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 stronger. Now it's a, it's a bit more difficult to 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 survive, yeah. Especially if your opponent know you are going to play this hundred percent, they prepare against it, and then uh, they just start placing moves, yeah. Okay, I still play it, and uh, sometimes I survive, manage to win, even against some of the super guys. But uh, yeah, if it's in some classical and they are very well prepared, it's it's really tough. Rapid and blitz is still, okay. still nice. <laughs> you can do that, yeah. Yeah. So, you became an initial master at sixteen, made three IM three GM norms at seventeen. Like, you were kind of with your talent. Like, you were kind of a world champion material. Like, if I was there, your coach, I would say, like, I'm. I bet 
my everything. I'm going to get this guy to the world champion. And then suddenly, the talented Amir Bassem, who became one of the youngest world grandmasters, suddenly he becomes a doctor. Mm. What the heck? How? Why? Why? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was in uh, 2005 uh, when I finished high school. And uh, okay, I had to make a decision back then. I was still not a grandmaster. Actually, I became a, like a grandmaster almost in year one of, of studying. But okay, I was okay. It was kind of you know showing that I would become a grandmaster. Uh, but unfortunately, chess in Egypt is is not that big. I mean, not much um, you know support from. Uh, from the country to the chess player players back then, and it was not clear if it will be like good or enough for my future or for my career. So I knew I have to continue my studies anyway. And uh, medicine is is sort of you know the family career. You know my father is a doctor, grandfather was a doctor. My brother who is one year uh, older than me, he was also starting to to study medicine. And the mother also uh, is doctor, right? My mother is a pharmacist, so also in the pharmacist. Field. Uh-huh. So <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, it kind of it was a choice between like studying medicine or you know pharmacy. So in the end, I ended up choosing medicine, especially for the reasons that my brother was one year older, so he would like help me with the studies. Uh, because okay, of course, I was traveling, also playing a lot of tournament during the, the year, so I miss a lot of stuff. So of course, having someone to help me with the studies, like to explain what, what things I missed or so on, so it was very important to have him. And uh, yeah, that that came the decision, and I said, okay, I'll continue playing chess. My goal will be just to pass, try to pass, succeed, you know, every year until I graduate. And then after graduation, I'll just see how's the situation, how I'm doing with chess, and then reevaluate which which one I'll I'll continue with. You graduated, yeah, from the eventually graduated, you graduated. Yes, in 2012. And then okay, you do one year in hospital. Uh, I finished that in 2013. Wait, and then you do yeah. one year in hospital, like you were you were not playing chess. No, no, I that, was that still period? playing chess, but uh, okay, I mean, but not so in the much. Hospital, I mean, yeah, I, yeah I, okay, I was not in the hospital. Yeah, I managed to play like some tournaments during this one year, but uh, you have to go like in you know to each department uh, to, because you graduate as general practitioner, uh, so you have like to have like some idea about all the. All the fields, yes. you know. So yeah, you do. Which one, one? Which one did you choose? Did you become a cardiologist? No, my father is cardiologist. Uh, this you, is like what, with, what direction did you choose? I would have chosen cardiology. Yeah, but to like to specialize, you have to do master's degree, which usually takes about five years. So you didn't. after, yeah, I didn't. After I graduated, okay, first I I had to join army in Egypt. Uh, I did that for like fourteen months. And uh, I finished that in March 2016. And then for it's the a first rule, everyone time, should go to army. If you have a brother, then it's uh, compulsory. Wait, wait, wait. How? If if it's if it's if you have a brother, you have to. If yes. you don't have a brother, then you don't. Because wait, then, like, if, if you have a brother, you, you both go. The family. Yes. If you have a brother, you you both go to army. Yes. 
if you are alone, you don't go because you support the family. Yes. So if you are two brothers and you both go to army, who supports the family? Or you go by one. But usually you don't go at the same time. And what if you have two twin brother? <laughs> yeah, good question, actually. I think you could, like, if, if your father is below 60 years old and he is still supporting the families, then you could, both could go. If he's above 60, then one of you can, like, postpone. Uh-huh. So your brother went to army, came back, and then you? Luckily, he didn't go. <laughs> he was, like, exempt from army, and uh, I wasn't, so I I went... Is there any exception in your armies that you, if you are, no. if you are a world champion, you don't go? No, no. Okay, so I was one of the I, most. Tran- I was lucky to have chess, you know, because during like my fourteen months of army, I managed to play like three, four tournaments, maybe. Uh, one of them were World Cup in two thousand fifteen, and I remember it was one of my best World Cups. <laughs> uh, back then, okay, like until then, I I started playing World Cups in two thousand seven, I think. And I always lost the first round because, you know, you're rating like 25. Then you always pair to 2700 the first round. So it's very tough. Uh, in 2015, I mean, I had already become like 26, 50 or something. And I was paired first round against uh, Ivan Saric. He was like ah. 2680 or something. So it was a bit, you know, oh, close slight. match. And he was like European champion back then. Actually, I think he won the European Championship uh, that year. And uh, for me, the main goal was just to travel to the tournament. I mean, I had zero preparation. I was in the army, like, and I to travel, I had to get, like, army permission. And uh, I got that permission, like, flight was 9 in the morning. I got that permission at 3 in the morning. You know, and so I went there with zero preparation, like, absolutely zero preparation. And with I all just, your openings with close yeah, Sicilians, you know, I was very happy to to play chess uh, because it's been a while, and um, I just yeah, I played like same Briar, you know, with black. I played King Zingan attack with white, same everything, like absolutely no preparation, and it just worked. And I won the first match two zero, and qualified to second yes, round. I, yeah, I played uh, Yakovenko, who was like twenty seven. Seven, yeah, twenty or I mean, uh, I think he was number five in the tournament. Yeah, he was like one of the top in the tournament. First, tra- first round, I played King's Indian defense. Uh, I got a bit slightly better position. I was pushing. He made a draw. Second game with White, I had very, very good winning chances. I was also pushing very hard, and it was again a draw. And then we went to tie breaks. And the first game, I was completely winning, like completely winning. I exchanged up the whole game, playing a very good game. In the end game, I just could win a piece and then be a rook up and just win the game in one move. I didn't. It ended up in a draw. I was so disappointed afterwards. And second game, again, it was like equal end game that I should just make a draw easily. But somehow I was like upset from the game before, you know, and then you over push and you lose, you know, that typical story. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was um, it was very good for me. I mean, and I remember like afterwards, I think uh, Yakovenko beat uh, Ivanchuk the next round, one and half half. And in the like press conference, he says, "Yeah, like my my match against Amin were li- really tough. He outplayed me in like all the games, and uh, you know it, it was good back then to see like a player like him, you know, praising you and 
when you play like with absolutely no preparation and you're not ready for such tournaments. So yeah, it was good memories back then. Yeah. Then they brought you back to army. Of course. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, at least you had some sometimes permissions to to play tournaments when you are you and know, you were in army. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. I still managed to to travel, of course, and. Um to play tournaments and then get back and yeah i mean it, now when you look back at it i mean it was it was very interesting year and uh, i think being in tough situations you know okay of course uh, the life in army is not really easy yeah but when you look back at it you just remember you know how hard life can be sometimes and how great is it to be just you know chess player enjoying playing that game you love especially when you have it as your work okay you, you work something you really love you enjoy so sometimes when you're having a bad tournament or just bad day you, you think about all of these things and then you can just calm yourself down and, you know okay life is good you know you <laughs> it can be much worse so or much more difficult i would say yeah so just enjoy what you are doing have fun don't think too much about it you, you know victor, victor frankel the guy who escaped the concentration who, who survived good concentration camps in the germany mm -hmm. no so he wrote the book uh man's search search of the meaning of life and so he, he tells his experience how he survived in that concentration camp, how he found the meaning for the life, and he and he went through. And I once I was talking with a Neulstuder, and he said that when he when he loses two or three games in a row, he feels bad or all life sucks. Mm. He says he goes to that book, mm. he sees what can be a man life. He feels like come on, like Man's life can be in the concentration camp when you lose all your best close relatives. Mm. And now I am here free and I am, it's pity. I'm crying because of chess. Like, come on. So just like you said, yeah, he was comparing yeah. uh, two situations and then you suddenly feel good. Yeah, like, come on, I have all, all these things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did uh, it, it was your army in Egypt is tough or tough. Like you wake up early, you train every day, how it is. Yeah, okay. So first I, I started like you have to do like in, in training center for the first um, like I think for me it was like three weeks. And this was like very tough because uh, well of course you have no phones, no communication with <laughs> with the outside world. And uh, no ICC to play chess. Yeah, of course. Okay, you could have some books. Uh, I think I had some chess books back then. Uh, but wasn't really reading a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, of course, you wake up like at 4.30 in the morning or something. And uh, you do like training. It was in January also. So it was in Egypt uh, a bit cold. And you do your training. Okay, you sleep, you know, in a room with 30 other soldiers, you know. And... Uh, yeah you eat together you know you do everything all the training all the day all the, you know uh, to prepare you and uh, yeah when these three weeks finished and I went like back home for the first time I remember it was like very happy moment for me you know to to be at home at my bed you know at my toilet you know oh I was really happy my toilet uh, Yes, you feel, you know, these normal things, it's it's really a blessing, you know, you to have like your hot shower, you know, like 
it's just you, yeah. you realize that these things doesn't exist for doesn't exist for so many people you know these little things you, you take you it get, take it as, you, as granted yeah yeah you, exactly you take it for granted you know it's there you know what, what's what's it's normal yeah but it's not actually you know for many people it's it's not Mm. And uh, you start just appreciating everything, you know, like getting your mom food, you know, and uh, yeah, seeing your family, you know, sleeping, you know, till 10 in the morning, you know, or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, this is really, really big relief. And then, yeah, okay, after this, you get distributed to your like unit. And then, uh, yeah, I spent, I was like the only doctor in the unit. So I was like the doctor of the unit. So all the patients would come to me and then I say, okay, if I can, I could like prescribe some uh, medication or uh, transfer them to hospital if they, if it's needed. And then, um, yeah, luckily for me uh, back then, as they organized a, a chess tournament in the army huh? and uh, I, they knew that I was in the army and then like the sports center of my unit uh, called me to, to play the tournament. And then I played the tournament. I won the tournament. Of course, they were very happy. And uh, then, yeah, I spent like uh, the rest of my year in this sports center. So it was, uh, I'd say, b big improvement. <laughs> yeah, yes. Did it? Did this four fourteen months in the army? Did it make you tougher? Did it give you something that you needed in the future for your chess and in life? Yeah, well, I remember, like, especially after the first three weeks, I was, like, the, in the best physical shape <laughs> I have ever mm -hmm. been to. Because usually I don't, like, I don't go to the gym or, you know, don't do physical training so much. So then I did. Uh, so I was in a really good shape. And You learned uh, to do push-ups. You could yes. do one, two, three push-ups. <laughs> I could do, yeah, a lot back then. Uh, because, yeah, like, uh, usually after like the fin at the end of this um, training, uh, the first months of training, you, you do some like show or performance, uh, like to graduate, yeah. And I was part of the physical training, yeah. And so we were like doing exercises every day, you know, all the push-ups, running, you know, all of this stuff. And breaking so breaking stones. Uh, no, not that, not that much, <laughs> but uh, just the basic stuff. And doing it, you know, for for three weeks or something, it was uh, it was really helpful for me. Uh, also, yeah, getting the experience, you know, and uh, you know, to to survive, you know, the tough situations, you know, like staying. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's tough, you know. I mean, it, it's really tough. And uh, as I told you, just you know, thinking about it and thinking or comparing about, you know, what you have now in chess when you are staying in some five-stars hotel, you know, and playing a tournament and, you know, you feel just, uh, yeah, life is good, yeah? Just uh, be thankful and grateful for, for what you have, no matter what. Tough, but at the same time, you learned appreciation, yeah? The gratitude yeah, feeling exactly. and not taking it granted yeah. became tougher, yeah? Exactly. Let yeah, ask you this. Learn uh, to survive. Sometimes, like you play some tournament and it's bad hotel, you know, or bad food. Or food is good, you know, it's not good, you know. Then you say, okay, no, for you, it's it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, you have you have seen everything, so it's okay. You can survive no matter what conditions you have. Yeah. That's two child, right? Or yes. Yes. Boy and girl. Yes. 
or Gerland boy. Let me ask you, yeah. Gerland boy. Let me ask you this question. Imagine in the future when your boy becomes uh, that that age that he should, that he should go army, and mm-hmm. for you as a parent, let's say there is a chance to decide if he goes or not. Mm-hmm. So there is like he will lose kind lose kind of fourteen years. He will it will have he will have tough life, but at the same time he will learn something. Mm-hmm. What would you choose? Should he go? And learn this appreciation, or you better would like no 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 don't don't go to army. What which one would you choose as a father? Well, okay, for 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 now because I told you to go, it has to be two brothers. So now it's brother and like a girl and boy, so he doesn't have to go. Uh, I mean, uh, See, there is that's, that's th- let's say there is there if is, I can't there choose, is third, yeah, third boy is coming. Yeah. Well, it... <laughs> uh, well, my wife will not be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay but uh, yeah to decide i mean it it will depend on how is he and i mean okay i we try of course our best to to raise him to to appreciate what he has you know and and all of that uh, of course it's, it's yeah exactly it's experience that i told you, you it could be very helpful but also, you know, it's it's still one year that you could have done so much, you know, mm. in, in that mm-hmm. one year time. Yeah. So it has, of course, like positive and negative things. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely also has some positive things to, to learn and to toughen him. Yeah. So it depends how is his character back I mean, already then. Yeah. Got so it. I could decide. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, at, at 12, when I, when my, I, I got, I got caught on cheating and playing Need for Speed, and I retired from chess. I went to martial arts, and I went to kind of MMA, and I became quite good at MMA. But at mm-hmm. 13, I realized, like, no, I still want chess. I crave about chess. So I came back to my father. I apologized, so he led me back to chess. When, for you, did you realize, like, okay, I was trying to choose between becoming a doctor and chess player, but now I want chess. When did it come to your, when did you come with this realization and you wanted to be back to chess? Well, I I never stopped chess, you know, but, uh, okay, when I was studying medicine, as I told you, my main goal was to just to pass you know, succeed, not to get mm. like the highest mm-hmm. grades or something. Because to, to get like the highest grade in medicine, you have to be like full-time studying. Yeah, it's it's very, very tough there. And um, I was playing a lot of tournaments, traveling a lot of, you know, most of the year actually. And just one year, one month or one month and a half before like final exams, I was studying like crazy and then just go to the exams and hope to pass. And it worked uh but uh, yeah for me chess was always like plan a i would say uh medicine was plan b and uh, yeah when i graduated and then started playing and then after army uh when i had to make the choice i was already one of the top 100 chess players in the world and um i mean for medicine you would be studying like from zero you know it's just fresh graduate you still have to do your master's degrees and mm. phd and you know mm-hmm. you could be a very good doctor very successful one but also maybe not and uh, with chess you have already you know one one of the best in the hundred in the world you know it's so it's not not really a difficult choice i would say and, and you also okay, had of course, this of course of course my 
yeah, my family supported this decision a lot, especially my father, you know, who like for him, of course, would like want me to be like working with him in the clinic, you know, helping him, you know. But he said, no, no, you, you're doing so good with chess. It's much better for your career, for your future. So just stay what, uh, with what you love and what you are good at. So also when you are at the top 100, probably you feel this feeling past when you are traveling the world, playing for tournaments, playing for team championships. You understand that being at top 100, you can make good income and and take care of your family yeah exactly. when you are not in top 100 maybe you are not that fully sure you don't see the picture yes, exactly yeah. if you are in the top 100 what will happen yeah. but when once you are there you understand oh i like i like this life yeah not bad yes exactly yeah that's why i said okay yeah. I'll, I'll finish my study and then see and evaluate then because okay maybe you could be a grandmaster but then okay you go to 25 you drop to 24 you just stay at this level then you don't make like okay you don't win tournaments and you don't get money you don't get leagues you don't like also from the country still not much changes you know we don't have unfortunately we don't have so much support we don't have like salary or or don't mm -hmm. get like um you know money to play like even for national team like for olympiads or world teams we play for free uh, even when we win like tournaments we don't get that much so it's not really much from Egypt so if you don't make like a living from your play outside then it's really tough to make a living from chess in Egypt mm -hmm. okay so I, I have I have seen people who are like okay let's let's study something else and they also play chess and then make decisions mm -hmm. but I have not seen uh, not I would not say many. I would not say anyone else than you, who are grandmaster at seventeen, and they are still making decisions, decisions, making choices, because most of the people who are grandmaster at that level, they are there is nothing to decide. It's just all in. You are mm -hmm. like such a like you have talent, you have love, you have passion, you have you got there. You are just going all in, but now our crazy Basima Min decided to study also <laughs> and decide later. So you, you make this decision to come back to chess. And when did you set the goal to get 2,700? Yeah, so after I finished Army, this started March 2016. It was for almost the first time in my life I was only playing chess. You know, because there mm. was like studying, you know, from school till, you know, medicine, then Army. So for the first time, it was only chess, you know. So it was like huge... Uh, improvement for me you know I could only focus on playing now and training so yeah starting this March till uh, uh, 2017 like end of 2017 I would say this was like kind of my peak time uh, when I mm -hmm. crossed to 2700 for the first time I think it was in November 2017 and uh, yeah, I think this year, 2017, also I got married in January 2017. So it was one of my best uh, years in chess career, I would say. Uh, especially from June till August, I was like winning almost everything. I won um, like three very strong tournaments in a row. First, like African Championship. And then I flew from there to Armenia, to Lake Sivan. Uh, where we also had a memory in 2008 uh, where we played then but in 2008 it was very bad tournament and it was actually a nice story that uh, 
when I first played Lex Event 2008. Okay, so it's a very strong ground robin, 10 players, all grandmasters, all you know above 2550 at least. And back then in 2008, it was uh, I was still in, in studying medicine, it was my third year, and uh, it was just a tournament which was just after my final exams. And so, okay, it has been like two months without any playing or, or training for me because of the exams. And then I went immediately to Lexivan, you know, so it was the first time, uh, first tournament after exams. I played a very bad tournament. I finished last place. I remember. You even lost me, like, come on. <laughs> I was playing so badly, but you even lost me. <laughs> yes. And... Uh... Yeah, it was a very bad tournament for me. And then when I was there also, I got some news that, uh, okay, I will have one exam during World Juniors tournament, which was in August in Turkey. And I have to yeah. choose, will I go to the tournament or will I have to write rewrite the exam? And uh, it was very difficult choice because it was my last chance to play World Juniors uh, because it's 2008 and... Uh, just my last year under 20 so finally i decided to to play the tournament and that means that i'll have to wait like one year to to write the exam again so it was not easy <clears throat> decision to make but also you know my family supported this decision you know because you, you don't want to like feel yeah but if i had played this tournament you know i could have become world champion you know or get a medal in world championship yes. and you, I missed this opportunity, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I finally played the tournament. Okay, I got a bronze medal there, which which was good. Uh, but then, okay, you lose one year or, like, you know, wait one year for just there one exam. There is no exception. Like, this guy I mean, got third medal for Egypt. Exactly, yeah. Make exception for him and let him to get Pe this exam. People, you know, wrote some some articles about it, you know, trying to get some exception. But unfortunately, it, it didn't really work. <laughs> and uh but okay i mean it was good i had more times a year after to play more chess you know and it was okay in a way yeah and then um yeah so in 2017 yeah 17 yeah you yeah. you you started to win the tournaments after marrying yes <laughs> after marrying so you 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 got married you won three tournaments and you crossed 2700 yeah so after uh, african championship i flew immediately from uh, directly from algeria to armenia for lake sivan and then i played you won very... the tournament uh, yeah i won first place so it was kind of you know revenge for 10 years ago or uh... nine years ago and then uh, um like couple of days maybe after i played in abu dhabi masters which is of course one of the strongest you know tournaments in in the area you know 60 grand masters usually and also I win like uh, first place, you know, sole first place. Um, so it's like three uh, very strong tournaments in, in, in almost a month. So it was very good. I, I After winning Abu Dhabi, I was at 26.99. Huh? And just, you know, so close from 2700. And then, yeah, unfortunately, then it was World Cup just next month in September I think it was in, uh, in Georgia huh? yes and of course I was going there with very you know very high hopes and uh, <laughs> yeah I was paired against uh, Erdos Vector from uh, Hungary Hungarian Grandmaster 
and it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Okay. First game I had white, we drew. Second game it was uh, King's Indian defense. I played okay, a good game I would say. Good to some you know rook and two pawns against rook, some like easily winning end game. And then okay, you just win this game. You already qualified to second game, the second round. I was going to play Sfidler. You cross twenty seven hundred. You cross twenty like everything you know goes your way. And uh, for a moment there, you know, you start thinking, okay, now I will have rest day, and then I will play Sfidler. So you start thinking about second round already, yeah. And the typical mistake, and then in this like easily winning uh rook and game okay maybe you can show this in uh, in the yes. you know, editing yeah and i just play uh you know the only move to draw the game you know and you know i still remember this like one of my chest nightmares i would say you know like i played the move and i was writing it and i remember him you know capturing my pawn like boom you know like and i remember doing like this you know over the board it's it's one of the very you know a few times that I reacted on the board, you know, I'm usually like very calm, you know, and I um, don't see it, but like, then I missed like, no, why, you know, uh, I just spoiled everything in one move. And of course, I went to tie break. I was still not recovered from this game. Under repression. And uh, yeah. of course, I, I lost the tie breaks and um, yeah, didn't go well. They didn't cross 2700. Not yet, yes. But got twenty six ninety nine. Yes, I, I stayed there, and uh, yeah, okay. Then I played some uh, more games. First time I crossed it was actually I was playing a league in Sweden, in Stockholm, and I won uh, huh? won a game. And then that's when the first time I I crossed twenty seven. So it was in Sweden. That's why one of many reasons I I like to play in Sweden because I have very good memories there also. Crossing twenty seven. <laughs> Yes. Um, what did you change after starting to seriously think about getting to 2700? What changes did you make in your training program? Did you finally start to do some work with your openings? Did you start to take some, some stuff seriously? How did you get... What changes did you make, basically, to get to 2700? Yeah, well, okay, of course, I was trying to improve my openings because... I always felt that this is my biggest weakness. And st improve, still is. Improve my openings or learn finally new openings? Kind of both, you know? Like, okay, first, you know, trying to maybe find small little new ideas in my openings just to to still manage to surprise my opponents a little mm. bit. And, of course, trying to add new things. But unfortunately, when you work on your own, it, it takes much more time, you know, to to just prepare new opening. And uh, yeah, you need to to have a file, you know, create a file, and then play training games, and you know, try yeah. and repeat. You know, as you always say, you have to study, you know, learn, play, repeat. Yeah. So yes, uh, practice, fix, practice, fix. Yes, and uh, to play just single new variation, you know, you need like three, four months. Yeah, to just one variation. So it takes a lot of time. Uh, but okay, I'm trying to slowly, you know, add add things. Uh, but it's taking it's taking more time than it should. I'd say. Time. <laughs> I, yeah. I remember in 2018 when I started to record chess mode openings, 
I remember I messaged you and say, Basab, you are anyway playing close systems. You anyway don't care about getting big advantages. You don't mm-hmm. care about like outplaying opponents in the opening. Instead of playing close Sicilian, maybe you play our Sicilians. It will yeah. be new something at least. You will not get bad positions. It will be still sometimes close and attacking like you love to do with your King okay. Sinjin. Maybe you study them. Uh, I remember the days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I did study them and I played a couple of times. So it, it worked well, I would say. Uh, the, what, what are your chess goals now, Basim? Uh, well, at the moment, to, to back to, to to be back at 2700. Uh, I mean, okay, so now I'm 35 years old. So I feel I still... What is your rating now? I mean, it's 2680, but I have lost some points in uh, in Grand Series. So I think mm-hmm. it's 60-something now uh, on life rating. Um, but okay, I mean, I've been there for the last, you know, six years now. Uh, like in this 30 points, you know, plus or minus, crossing 2710, you know, going back to 2690, 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, okay, it's time to... I hope time to to get back some points, and uh, yeah, it's actually interesting. Yeah, so I mean, my goal is always to make it to top twenty, which is very mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, because then you need to get to twenty seven thirty at least, almost. Uh, my peak top, was... why did you choose? Why did you pick to a top twenty, not top thirty or top ten? Why top twenty? Okay, yeah. Okay. Top ten, I would say, is is very, <laughs> very difficult. I mean, to I mean, I like to have a goal that I I I believe I can achieve, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. top ten, I mean, maybe I can achieve, but if if many things change, it's not only up to me. I mean, to be in top ten, you, you should it. have really a lot of support, which I don't. So I mean, top, top twenty, on... you believe it's in your hands, yeah. If you make uh, work, I mean, it's yeah. still very difficult, but I mean, I can do something about it. At least you have, you 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 have beliefs that you can do that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. top thirty. I mean, okay, I was already almost number thirty-three. I mean, in my peak in huh? twenty-seven twelve. Uh, so I was number thirty-three. So I mean, I was almost there. So you just I got it. One, so one top step top thirty is yeah. Top 30 is not interesting. Top yeah. 10 is too far. So top 20 is golden, sweet, exactly. medium. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Basam, you, at the same time, you started to help kids. So you became a head coach of a chess academy. Yeah. In the yes, Egypt. In, in Club, yeah. yeah. So tell me about your invo- involvement because it seems that when you are in the top 50 in the world, and you want to get to top 20 in the world, mm. it seems that you should work a lot, you should sacrifice yeah. many things, work, yeah. work, work, hard work, play more, train more together. Uh, and now you decided to also help the future generation of Egypt. Tell me about this decision and where you are involved now. What are you doing there? Yeah, well, it started during uh, COVID, you know, when we... For, for a year, we were not playing any tournaments. It was only online. Um, okay, during that year, I also started like YouTube channel. I was uh, analyzing some of my games or uh, doing some, you know, 
instructions videos for for people trying to to spread the game and it was actually going so well in in almost a year i got more than 50k subscribers people were saying <laughs> i would say like positive feedback about the videos it's only then, arabic right in main, mainly in arabic yeah okay there's like a couple of english videos but yeah most are in mm -hmm. arabic <clears throat> because yeah we didn't have so much uh, arabic commentators back then and uh, now people get got more like interested in starting youtube channels in arabic and it's getting better and better which is very good i would say for for spreading the game in in arab world mm -hmm. <clears throat> but then um, yeah i got uh, like this offer from the chess academy to to be the technical director there and i said okay i, I mean i have time now i'm not playing so much so maybe i can just try something new and and then see when when the playing life, you know, comes back, I, I could decide. And then, okay, I started, I, I really enjoyed, you know, working with the kids and, you know, um, you know, that all the teaching process and uh, all the, you know, the feeling, you know, that uh, they, uh, and seeing, you know, how the kids enjoy, enjoy playing the game, how they feel when they play a tournament. You know, all the ups and downs, you know, and trying to to give them my experience, how I felt, how I used to deal with with the loss, you know, and uh, it, it's it's tough, but it's it's good, and uh, you get really attached to to the kids that you just can't stop. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. you feel also yeah, like understand. you know, kind of responsible, you know, for for these players, you know, and. Uh, even you know if it's taking from from your time from your energy from your, your you know training time uh but you just feel that it's kind of your responsibility now to to give back you know to to these kids to to spread the game to to make you know new generations coming from 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 Egypt to you know to carry to continue your what you did you know to to stay say just it wasn't just one player or two players you know coming from this country but now we have like hundreds of, of you know young players which is very good um so i i just hope like okay now we have many academies now in egypt which is very good uh i hope the support you know from the country from the federation will continue to support these young players to to get the opportunities they need to to shine you know so yeah we'll see how it goes before I ask you my last questions, I got the question in our chat. So my wife is listening to this right now, and she is the producer and editor of it. So in the chat, he says, ask him, please, how it is that he is on that level of chess and he is so nice. Uh, <laughs> a, few, a little background, he, she uh, has... Thank you. <laughs> not Mad Master, but she has seen some people playing live, always serious, always nervous emotions. They are always thinking about just themselves, kind of ego maniacs. So answer this question, how you got to that level and also kept being so nice? Well, well thank you so much for her for just saying that. I really appreciate it. Uh, if that's true, then I mean, it would be thanks to my parents. I agree. Parents, I, agree. So I, would say, yeah. I, agree <laughs> I mean, they maybe did a good job, you know, raising me. Very grateful for them, of course. And... Uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate she saying that. Thank you. I will need next time to interview your parents and see how did they raise such a kid who became not just 
at that level of trust in top 15 in the world, who became 17 grandmaster, but also such a well-behaved uh, man. And really, when when I first met my wife years ago, so she was she didn't know to play chess, and she was suddenly she was just working for a chess mode. So she was learning. Okay, this is rook. This is piece. These are chess players. They are crazy. They are having lots of stress and nervous they are during the game why they are playing this game so then she was asking Arthur like kind people good people friendly people and like yeah yeah you will meet slowly slowly so then she started to meet my other uh, chess grandmaster friends and then even then I told told her there are a few people that I adore and one was you uh, one was you always for me the one of the best nicest guys and when I was researching about you. I found what does your name means. Yeah. Uh, tell it, please. What does it mean? It's Basim. Okay, it's uh, it's coming from a smile in Egypt in, in Arabic language. So it like... means always smiles, like a guy who always smiles or just smile. Yeah, Basim is who smiles a lot. Yeah, like yeah. Specific so for you, yeah, my hoodie. Here you can yes. you can read it. <laughs> Yeah, if you read this, you if you read this, you smile. So. Yes, thank, <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> uh, man. You are, you are, I think, like is inspiration for not only uh, Egyptian Egyptian kids, uh, not only Arabic kids, not only African kids, but for the for the world. And my personal wish is that people like you were known more than just people who are in the top 10 in the world uh why because often i'm feeling that these people who are top 10 in the world people are applauding them bravo bravo inside they don't feel very well they don't have healthy soul they don't are, they are not really happy and unfortunately lots of kids without realizing this they are trying to become like them mm -hmm. often behaving badly often stepping on their own values just to get there as a result they just crash all their all their lives and while at the same time there are people like you who goes with life who goes who gets to the top 50 in the world who stays nice who keeps living with his own value when he feels it's my you say it in very beautiful word uh, you said like it's your responsibility to give something back and you are enjoying working uh, with kids giving back something to the future generation yeah i wish uh, there will be lots of interviews lots of media talking about people like you uh, oh, well thank you so much awesome. for for all of this i mean uh, such you are always very nice to me very helpful and supportive and uh, also, you know, supporting the, the, you know, the children from my academy from Africa, you know, I mean, really grateful for, you know, you give uh, three mood, three months of chess mode, you know, uh, subscription to all the winners from the last African youth. It was, I mean, people were very, very happy and really grateful for this opportunity to to get this chance to to learn, you know, from the great websites. You know, you're really doing fantastic job, and. 
I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm with you now, but no, I'm really telling this for for everyone. Always recommending chess mode for for all people who really want to improve. It's really one of the best websites, and because I know you personally, I know how hard and how like hardworking you you do your you know to just to make one course one video how much effort you put to to make it and it really shows you know and for example like one not one two simple things i always like first thing i send to like young players who are trying to improve like the must know in games you know one and rook in games there are like two articles just the basics you know it's very well written you know and I, I feel just just these two articles would like save hours of of you know training or like you know explaining how this end games works, and I uh, just say okay I send him these links I said just revise it you know once a week, after one month now you will know it by heart and then you will you know this will be you see the position you solve it in one second you will never forget it yeah, so it's you one of many examples. It's a must know rook and games and must know pawn and games. Like you oh, know, all the yeah, Fedor yeah. and Lucina, and uh, mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. the you know how to mm-hmm. defend, how to win. You know, uh, I think it's very good. Of course, the the courses, uh, you know, the the big courses are even more detailed, much better. But even the basic stuff, which is which are you know available for everyone for free, and uh, this also something I really like that you make a lot of the courses you know available for free. You open the all the courses you know unlock it for for everyone to to make use of it. Uh, it's all you know great things you do for for the chess world you know not not just uh, subscribers of your of the website and i think people really appreciate it so thank you, you know, thank you but it's it's in their name uh, i really thank you and of course for for personally supporting me it's 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 really nice to to have your support and uh, i really appreciate it and thank you thank you very very much um yeah uh, thank you man <laughs> you know what's what's happening in the world uh i think there are lots of madness madness happening in the world all the wars are happening in the world all the sick people i mean in their souls in the world mm-hmm. when they were covid people were going crazy and like it's covid lockdown that but when Often I feel like they don't notice that there are virus in 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 usual like in people's souls, and as a result, at some point you are get going getting all that crazy world and unexplainable things. So I wouldn't say that I want to devote all my life for the future of the universe, but I feel partly responsible for the universe. And the way I see it is, it is true education. And it's true education. I mean, basically from the very basic thing, like education to learning what is bad habits, how to control mm-hmm. them, what is ego, what is like basic, basic things, how to focus on how to focus on what you are doing, how to be in flow, how to control your emotions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is what I try to teach through chess mode. It's not just chess what I try to. But it's it's combined like how true chess get happiness, how to be get vaccine and get antivirus from there. Mm-hmm. And when I see people like you who are dev- being in top fifth in the world, they devote their time to kids. Seeing people like Sagar Shah who does mm-hmm. so much for the Indian chess, uh, anyone I see knowledge to their 
who just writes so mm. much of his experience. Whenever I see these people, I feel like they are my my friends. I, this from mm. them with them, I can help them. Mm. Uh, it, it and it's my duty to do so. I'm always doing it with uh, with happiness and also gratefulness because you are doing that, trying to help. So. I'm always there. I will always be there with you. Thanks one more time. And my last questions that I ask everyone, every guest, and people are starting to think about that. Take your time. Uh, this okay. is the question. So most of our listeners are chess players, different mm -hmm. levels, yeah, uh, different goals, but mostly they want to improve at chess and also have mm -hmm. fun at the same time. Mm -hmm. What is one advice you can give that is universal for any kind of level? Mm -hmm. One advice, one wish. Uh, well, the advice would be, you know, uh, to improve in chess. I think most important is consistency. Uh, it doesn't matter so much, you know, how many hours you work every day, but you have to work every day. I mean, sometimes players, mm -hmm. like, after a tournament, they take a one-month break, you know. That's that's too long. I think that's too long, and mm -hmm. you lose a lot of, you know, of what you have studied before the tournament. And, uh, okay, you can take, like, two, three days, you know, break, maximum a week, you know, and then you have to, to get back to work. So consistency is the key, I would say, to, to improve your chess. And... Uh, I mean, the mindset that you will have to just enjoy it. Don't think too much about results. I mean, results will come if you are working, if you are in the just most important to be in the right way, you know, in the right direction. Uh, you study, you work, you practice, then your level is, is, you know, is improving. Maybe it will not show in the first tournament, not in the second tournament, but eventually it will come. And okay, you had, you know, articles, you know, saying exactly this, you know, and I totally agree with you. Okay, by the way, I like all the articles you, you write also. You. I, I always read it. Thank you. It's very inspiring, Thank you. even for me. And uh, I also send to, to my students because it's very important to, to have the correct mindset in, in training, you know, because it happens. And I saw it, I mean, even recently, like we had this African Championship, African Youth Championship in September. So, okay, many players from my academy played. So, of course, some of them didn't get the results they were hoping for. Yeah. So some, you know, already got disappointed, you know, said, OK, we want to, you know, take a break for a while, you know, and say, yeah, but this is, you know, because they trained like very hard, like, but maybe a month before, you know. So, OK, you did a good effort, you know, for a month, you were working six, seven hours a day and you didn't get the, the results you were hoping for. But it's normal, you know, it's 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 not only one month, you know, you have to be like working for years to, to get the, the, the real results, you know, people who win medals, you only, you see the final, you know, product, yeah, them getting the medal, but the, what happened in the process, how much work they did, how much effort they put, you know, to, to get there, you don't really see. And it doesn't come from, you know, a day or, or a month. It comes from years of hard work, consistent hard work. So just keep working and the results will eventually come. It's just 100% guaranteed. I was super obsessed with my rating, childhood, and mm -hmm. getting results, results. Mm -hmm. And then once my, my father said something that changed many things in my chess career, he said, you want rating? Okay, 
focus on improving your chest mm-hmm. your rating it will follow you like will a come. shadow yeah. Yeah. so i was exactly. like okay all the time keeping this analogy like shad like a shadow my rating will come if i improve so i like improve 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 just mm-hmm. focus on improving and even if the results don't come immediately what sooner or later they will come exactly exactly awesome the man who smiles <laughs> thank you very much for coming here and i'm looking forward to having the second part with you once you make in the top 20 in the world sure i hope so <laughs> thanks a lot for having me thank you very much Unfortunately, many, including chess players, get into society's traps and pursue their goals with a win-at-all-cost mindset, selling their soul or part of it during their journey. As you have seen, there is a better way to get to the top and be awesome at the same time. Be consistent, humble and don't take anything for granted were my takeaways. What was yours? Share in the comments and I will see you during the next episode.